Welcome into the Harvest Podcast. We are here to bring you the confidence and clarity you need to be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life. I'm Abigail Wilson. I'm Andrew Stroud. I am Lakeith Jones. Hey friends, we are back. We are in our second part of a series on discipleship. Last week, we talked about the characters of a disciple, and this week we're going to head on into the commitments of a disciple. But before we get into that, um, we got a couple of announcements. Yeah, guys, um, we put out a weekly email called Harvest Highlights every Sunday. And if you're not subscribed to receive that, then you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes of this video or this podcast, or going to our website and signing up into the harvest.org slash newsletter. Um, I think it's a great summary each week of content resources that will hopefully inspire you, give you some ideas of how you can more faithfully live out your, your life as a disciple and share your faith. So would definitely encourage you guys to check that out. And then Keith, you got something for us? Yes, uh, please, guys, give us a review, whether it's on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, social media, and even YouTube. Sometimes I'll see uh, us upload a video when we have like no views or no comments. So um, for the feeler here in the group, guys, if you can give us some love, that would be really appreciated because that would heighten our visibility and people will be able to get this podcast, get encouragement from the Into the Harvest team. That's right. Um, there's another announcement. Uh, we have a new member of the world of the Jones family. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, baby Joseph made it. He has his first appointment today, sadly, so he's not going to make the video appearance, but he is here. Praise God. Everything went well. Um, Steph, my wife, she killed it, uh, pushing like a champ, and uh, <laughs> it came out roaring into this row. He has the uh, loudest voice I've ever heard on a newborn baby, which is kind of cute because, yeah, he's good. He's, he's doing well, guys. Oh, cool. You know, you know, you got to love a, a loud newborn. That bodes well for the future. I love it. <laughs> we are so excited. And I know a lot of you listening have been waiting for this moment. So we're really excited to let you know that it all worked out and Joseph is here to rock the future with us. <laughs> so yay, Steph, she's a champ. All right, friends. Well, I guess it's time to get started on this week's topic. So last week we talked about the characters of, or the character of a disciple. And we're going to kind of take that, those same things that we talked about last week, but go a little bit more um, in depth into the commitments of a disciple. So um, if you will, we're taking it into the action mode. So maybe this was before we were talking about just the general ideas of what makes a disciple. And now we're getting into the feet on the ground, hands in motion. What are they actually doing on the day to day? So let's get started. We've kind of divide this into three sort of distinct, uh, you know, commitments that we feel are important. And we're going to get into those now. So Andrew, the first one we have is abiding in Jesus. Yeah. When we decided to do, do this series, we, we wanted to do it because um, when Jesus called people to follow him, he referred to them as disciples. And Jesus is really the one who defines for us what a disciple looks like, what it means to be a disciple. And so we aren't trying to just come up with these things on our own, but looking at the scriptures and especially looking at the teachings of Jesus, 
what are the, the the character qualities that we can identify in in the scripture about a disciple of Jesus? And then, like Abby said, we're going to be talking about three core commitments of a disciple this week, and next week we're going to talk about practices of a disciple. And in maybe a way to think about it, Abigail is like like three dimension. Like we're just trying to do what we can to get our arms around what it means to to be a disciple because that's what we've been called to be as as followers of Jesus. And it's also the mandate that he gave us, that he gave his first disciples and that has come all the way down to us, which is to go and make disciples. So as we're sharing the faith and as we're investing in others, what are those character qualities that we're hoping to see develop? And then what are those commitments that we're calling people to to make as disciples of Jesus. And then next week, we're going to get into, well, what are some basic practices, like some some real hands-on um, practices that we're engaged with and that we're encouraging others to, to, to do in their day-in, day-out lives. So yes, like you said, Abby, as we thought about the commitments, the first one that we wanted to highlight is the commitment to abide in Jesus. And I think this is really a starting point um, throughout scriptures and throughout Jesus's teaching. Uh, this was a principle was to remain in him, to remain with him. And you can kind of see this in the parable of the sower and the four soils, that there was only one seed or one soil that um, bore fruit with endurance. And that was sort of the, the, the quality of that good soil was that it not only received the seed, but it endured and it bore fruit, um, whereas the other seeds did not. Um, and then in John 15 is probably the most uh, classic passage where Jesus comes right out and he uses this metaphor of the vine and the branches. And Jesus tells us that he is the vine, we are the branches, and we have to remain in him. We have to abide. Um, if we don't, we're cut off from the source of life and there's no possibility of fruit. You know, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing in John 15, 5. Um, and again, in John 15, 8, he says, by this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And so abiding in Jesus is our number one commitment as, as disciples of Jesus. So Keith, um, how has that looked in your own life or what are some thoughts that you have on abiding in Jesus? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that's a, that's a must. I think uh, abiding in Jesus is step one. I think one of the big analogies I like to use is um, a lot of us are glued to our phones, you know, and uh, our phones can do a lot of things. They, they really can on their own. They can do so much and accomplish so much. But if they stay away from the charger too long, uh, they render themselves useless. Like your phone dies and you can't do anything with it. I think it's the same for believers. Uh, there is this free will and we get this freedom in Christ uh, and we can accomplish a lot on human strength and willpower, but we're not abiding in Jesus. Uh, we're on a short lease. Like it's not going to last. So I think uh, abiding in Jesus is uh, really step one after you made that commitment to, to live for him. Abiding in him is, uh, is uh, the next step. So I love my uh, S9 Galaxy phone, but I uh, am not a, <laughs> I know that it runs on battery. Like it, it needs to be close and connected to the power source. I think it's the same for believers. Like we have to abide in Jesus uh, and go out into the world and keep going back and keep going back. 
come back. So that's good. That's good, Keith. Um, I think that this is something that as as Christians, a lot of times it's not talked about a ton in our churches. Um, there's a lot about your initial commitment to Jesus, mm-hmm. and that is very important. <laughs> but that's just step one. Um, and I think what we're talking about today is all the steps after. And it's not that we have to work to um, to gain salvation, but we do have to work on our relationship. And, you know, just like Keith was saying, we have to nurture a relationship. Like there has to be a, a time spent with it. Um, my One of my love languages is quality time. And so I feel this very strongly. Like if you um, aren't going to hang out with me, then who even are we? Like <laughs> I can go without a hug for like, for apparently I can go without a hug for um, 36 days because that's how long quarantine. <laughs> well, I've gotten hugs from my kids and my husband, but you know, other people. Um, but I do feel that that like tug of not spending time with people. So I really think this quarantine is actually a really great example of this because there's something to spending time with people and it's we all know that zoom isn't the same like you can have a zoom chat with someone and it's not quite the same and so i would go ahead and say that even you know going to church every sunday it's not the same as really getting with jesus on a daily hourly basis he wants a relationship with us and i think that's really what abiding in jesus means yeah so (laughs) go ahead well, uh, we don't want to put these two against each other, but one of the reasons why we, we, a Christian versus a disciple, but I think this is maybe in my mind, a good example that people can consider themselves Christians and not really abide in Jesus because they, they believe in certain truths or, or facts about Jesus. So they've signed up uh, for the Christian faith, but it's really hard to make the case that you're a disciple if you don't have that first commitment of abiding in Jesus. Yeah. And I think also you see the difference when even people that I'm discipling, I, you start to hit a wall with them when they keep coming to you for their, their spiritual, like food, you know, they're like, well, Abigail, what words of wisdom do you have for me today? I'm like, well, I don't know. What did Jesus say to you in the word? (laughs) So there, we do have this, um, kind of a culture of going to another source. Um, that's not just straight up, um, the Holy Spirit and the Bible. And of course we love a good um, interaction with one another. And there's so much good to that. I'm not throwing that out with the bathwater by any means, but we really do have a tendency and maybe like just a little bit of a habit of going to other humans as our source of, of Jesus when he is really ready and waiting to speak to us um, on a personal level. Yeah, Abby, I uh, I didn't finish that. I'm sorry. I uh, Andrew did ask how it looked in my personal life. That was oh, on yeah. me. I didn't even answer that part. But yeah, I just can't not spend time with God. Like whether it's in prayer or the Word. Like uh, one day or one, yeah, one. It's not to be like legalistic or feel like you have to do something to serve God. But yeah, I feel it. Like I'm not, I'm not myself when I'm not spending time with Jesus. I'm not on top of my game. I'm depending totally on my flesh. So I think what it looks like is really spending time with God. Uh, and, and abiding in him that way so that he can keep giving me that encouragement. Um, 
Yeah. And don't worry, Keith, next week, we're going to get into the really nitty gritty practical things. So you, we will like really quiz you on what that looks like. I'm, I think that's what we're doing next week. I don't right. know. I don't know. I'm just going to get through today, <laughs> but anyway, don't worry. We're going to really go hard after maybe um, super practical ways to do this. But before we do that, let's move on to our next um, commitment that we feel is important. And that is seeking first the kingdom. So these really carry over um, like one to the next. So this is just kind of continuing on with our, what we've already been talking about. But Andrew, why don't you go ahead and dig into this? Yeah, that first commitment is really about prioritizing Jesus and, and prioritizing staying connected to him. And this one, again, is, from, is direct from the teachings of Jesus. Um, you know, he, he's the one who told us to, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And he promised that all the rest of the, the pieces of life will fall into place. That's sort of my Andrew's version of Matthew 6.33. But, you know, all the things that we tend to, to stress out about, and that's really what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6, is anxiety, worry, um, but also misplaced focus is, is a big theme of Matthew 6 and pursuing the things of this life and this world um, without pursuing the things of the kingdom and the righteousness of God. So the second commitment that is clearly called for in a disciple of Jesus is that we would seek first the kingdom. And it's important, that idea of first. It's not just that you're a religious person or you're a spiritual person or that you believe in God, but when you think about seeking first the kingdom, we're really talking about two things. One is the priority of our walk with God and our service for God as, as a part of our life, where it fits into the, the bigger picture of everything that we have to do in our daily and our weekly lives, the kingdom takes first priority, that we're seeking first the kingdom. And then secondly, I would say it's a matter of perspective, and that's what seeking first the kingdom does is, yes, um, we're going to work, we're going to eat, uh, we're going we're gonna to clothe ourselves. These are all things that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6. Those are things that we're going to do just by nature of living in a physical world. But we're not going to pursue those things. Our perspective is higher than just this life, just this world. And it's really something that, um, that I want to dive into more in a future conversation. Abigail and I are, are reading a book right now called How Not to Be Secular. And he talks a lot about this, that the 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 growing belief system of our day is um, exclusive humanism and it's materialism that, that this world, this life is, is all we get. And if that's true, then seeking first the kingdom is nonsense. You know, you're, you're pursuing a fairy tale, you're wasting your life. And so this commitment of seeking first the kingdom is one of the clearest ways that we demonstrate that we are people of faith, that we do believe that not only is there more to this life than what we see in the immediate here and now, but that it's more important. And therefore, we're going to seek it first. We're going to prioritize it. So again, uh, I'll throw it to Lakeith and see, you know, what do you think about that idea of prioritizing and gaining perspective and seeking first the kingdom, Lakeith? I think what you said was spot on. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. I think for maybe 23 years of my life, I thought that if I could just get these things figured out, I can really settle these things out and I can seek the kingdom of God because I'll have more time and more availability. And uh, I think I was getting that verse all wrong. Like if you figure these hmm. things out, 
then you can seek the kingdom first. Like then you can seek the kingdom of God. It's just not the way it works, you know. So I'm glad that uh, Matthew said, but seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you as well. So uh, I think putting a priority on the kingdom and seeking the things of God, you really do see the things fall into place afterwards. You know, when you're not, um, when you're prioritizing God, I think of the story of Peter when Jesus first called him to, to follow him. Uh, Peter's priority was fishing. Like he had fished all night and caught nothing. And uh, Jesus told him, hey, go back fishing. He was a little hesitant, but once he trusted Jesus and uh, put his net out, he caught fish and uh, caught a, a large number of fish. But you can see that somewhere in there, his priority shifted from fishing being the main thing to Jesus being the main thing. And um, I think that was really important because after that, he left everything and followed him. So it wasn't that Jesus couldn't give him more fish. It's that Jesus wanted to give him something more. So I think once we get out of our own head and realize that, we can't do these things like on our own. You're not going to give yourself the best life you can by getting these things done. And hey, when I'm a little older, then I'll, I'll really seek Jesus because uh, I'll have all of my stuff done that I wanted to, then I can really focus. It doesn't work that way. I, I think that equation uh, just doesn't work that way. I'm glad that uh, Matthew says to seek first is the kingdom of God. Mm, absolutely. I, I just think about um, the first disciples and how Jesus spoke to them and said, you know, if you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself daily and take up your cross and follow me. And that wasn't just symbolism. That wasn't like a cross necklace to them. That was like a, a thing, like a real thing that was used on a pretty daily basis that people died on. Like they could go out and look up on the hill and there were some folks who had a really <laughs> bad lot and we're literally hanging on a cross. So this was not um, a mild statement by any stretch. This was really, really serious. And um, I think over the years and as we've gotten further and further away from those practices and now, you know, we live in an age that, oh my goodness, the opulence, <laughs> like literally the day-to-day -day existence of a believer in the Western American world for sure um, is pretty mild and not to say there aren't people suffering um, here in the United States because we know that there are but for many of us this is a hard concept this is a hard understanding um, for one we also live in a country that's very much about your personal success and how well you do it's not really about you know the large collective by any stretch it's like I'm going to do what's right for me, you know? And so I, I think we really have to fight against those things in our culture um, and within ourselves, because man, I wake up every morning and the first thought of my existence is about me. How do I feel? How is my day going to go? How, you know, how I want things to occur for my benefit. And I have to fight that, you know, like that's the simple man just like rising up. And it is, um, you know, I've been a Christian for a really long time. <laughs> and I have to fight that still. And so seeking first the kingdom is such a kind of, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm going to seek first the kingdom. But that is a really um, personal and um, constant thing that we're doing as disciples. And like you guys already said, you know, that's putting um, the kingdom and God's will and his kingdom first before our careers and before our families, before our relationships. And that can be hard. 
But in reality, when we do that, like you were saying, Keith, it is so much, I mean, that this is why we do, this is why we're Christians. This is why we're disciples of Jesus, because it's worth it. Like that hard stuff is a hundred percent better quality than anything we could come up with. So it's worth it. I say all that about dying to self, but it's still the best thing we could ever do for ourselves. All right. You guys said it great. So I won't keep going, hitting that nail any further into that wood. Um, all right. So our last um, commitment is bearing witness. Yeah. I think this really builds on the first two, that if we're abiding in Jesus and we're seeking first his kingdom, we're actually in a great place to to be witnesses for him, to be the kind of witnesses that he calls us to be. Um, it's a shame that that Christians today, oftentimes they, they give their critics lots of reasons um, to, to not believe or to speak negatively about faith. Um, but, you know, if you're abiding in Jesus as an ongoing commitment and you are seeking first the kingdom, you know, week in and week out, then you're in a great position to bear witness for Jesus. And that's another that's another priority. It's another commitment that he called his disciples to have from the very beginning. So in Mark 3.14, when Jesus first chose the 12, it says that he did it because he wanted them to be with him and he wanted to eventually send them out to, to preach. And preach is one of those words that um, we've, we've lost the, the meaning of, I think, in modern day life that we think of a uh, preaching as something that happens in a building on Sunday morning between um, someone who's been educated in, in teaching, and he's, he's preaching to the, the saved. But preaching in the scripture really has to do with going out into the outer world to the non-believers and telling them, announcing to them this news about this amazing person that God sent into the world, this one-of-a-kind person, the Messiah, Jesus. And so from the very beginning, when Jesus chose the 12, he did it because he wanted them to be with him. So they were going to abide with him and learn how to seek first the kingdom. And because he wanted to send them out to preach, to share with others this message about his life. And then at the end of his time with them, the last thing that we see Jesus saying to his disciples in Acts chapter one is that they were going to receive power when the Holy Spirit came on them and that um, they were going to be his witnesses. That was their mission. Their mission was to be witnesses for him, starting right where they were in Jerusalem and then eventually moving out to the ends of the earth. And so it's another commitment that we see Jesus reinforcing again and again with his disciples at the outset of his time with them, at the end of his time with them. And it's one that he has for us as well, that he calls us to be committed to sharing the news about him with others. So that's a, a third commitment that uh, every disciple should have. Yeah, I think uh, bearing witness is huge. So uh, speaking of bearing witness, uh, Andrew, I've noticed, I've witnessed that you put some new things in your background over there. Don't try to be sneaky. I see that. It looks really no, That's good, all bro. Cindy, bro. You know how it is. That is all Cindy. <laughs> it looks good. And then uh, Abby, you too, you're over there convicting me with your waking up the first thing in the morning, you're thinking about yourself. I was like, oh, so true. Though. So yeah, good stuff, guys. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to bearing witness, I think uh, I like what you said too, Andrew. It's just natural. Like I uh, 
I see it so much. It's, it's a silly thing, but you see it with a lot of cell phones. Like uh, they're true, like Apple and iPhone apologists where they're going to go to bat and like promote this product as if they're going to get money by uh, speaking <laughs> on it. You know? So uh, I think it's natural uh, for people to be excited about things that they believe in or things that they enjoy, you know, and what's more precious than a good news in our faith. Uh, mm-hmm. Think of a Samaritan woman when she was, uh, just found out that Jesus was the Messiah. All she could do is run up to people and say, Hey, I'm going to see Jesus. I think he's the one, you know? And, uh, she had a great witness and she wasn't qualified. She didn't go to school. She hadn't known Jesus for a long time, but she was convinced that he was the one. And that joy was contagious, you know, and that, that was very real for her. So I think, um, we need to have that same kind of energy when we're approaching people with the, with the good news, because I really do believe that we have the best thing. Like, like Abby, you were saying like, Jesus, that's it. Like that's the only satisfier of souls. Like I think all of us at some point have tried different things and this is the one. Like, so I think if you take the same energy, like even if people are a little bit hesitant, it's natural for them to be curious. Like, wow, that person was, they really believe whatever they were talking about. Like, let me at least uh, consider it. So I think bearing witness is a natural overflow of, of really seeking first the kingdom and abiding in Jesus. Yeah, I think you're so right, Keith. We, um, we live in a society where if you like something, then you're going to probably tell people about it, right? I mean, even if it's just whatever you're streaming on Netflix, you know, like, have you guys watched such and such, you know, and like, you know, you tell your friends and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, and that's just how um, our society is. I mean, a lot of um you know, ads now don't even go into actual ad campaigns. They go to influencers, right? Which is crazy. That means people get paid to just say, have you tried this face cream? Because look (laughs) at me glow, you know? And you're like, you do glow. Is that a filter? And anyway, so that's, that's where we live. This is the existence we're in. And so why is it so crazy that we then don't do that with our faith? I mean, if, there is anything that's truly changing our lives and giving us peace, that's giving us hope, that's giving us a confidence that we would not normally have. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have to fight against the, the all the lies that our brains will definitely tell us. Either people are not going to listen or they're going to really hate me or they're going to think I'm crazy or I'm going to lose my job or I mean, I've. I've had them all. So I, if you're thinking and someone I didn't list, like, don't worry. I probably thought that one too. I just didn't think of it right now on the podcast. So just, those are just a common part of being a man as well is that we are going to have that, that sense of doubt, like this isn't a good time. Like this isn't probably the best time for me to share. Like they look stressed out and are just, we we're going up in a fight against that doubt, but we ultimately have um, the greatest news of all time. And we have been told point blank by Jesus before he went into heaven, that we were to go and give this good news to the world. And so it's really our most important task. And so if we're not doing that, which honestly, isn't that convicting? Like, I don't know how you guys feel, but it convicts my heart because probably this one of our three is the hardest for me personally. Um, I could, you know, if I was not consciously trying to share the gospel, I could go a really, really long time without Hmm. sharing the gospel. So I think this is, we really saved the best for last, basically. <laughs> what we're telling, 
maybe one of the hardest things that we can do. So we will be talking about this more in depth next week for sure. All of these things, um, we're just kind of touching the surface and hopefully going even deeper next week. So we hope you enjoyed this. We hope you um, appreciate we're like tracking with us and like, yes, those are the commitments. But if you feel like we left one out, we want to hear about that too. So you leave us comments, um, send us a little voice um, messages, which you can do in the links below. And we absolutely want to hear from you and know your thoughts on this. So let us know. And we'll be back next week to finish this little series off. Um, we can't wait. So this is fun. Thanks guys. Yeah. Next week guys. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.